a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a It's just cadals. Honey, over to my left here. <laughs> Honey poo poo. Yeah. We got Casey <laughs> down in the okay. corner. Right? Then we got a mystery person over here. Who, it, who that is? Let me go ahead and introduce this guy. This is Alex Van Aken, the one and only host what is of up? Pixel Pulse Radio. How's it going, man? What's going on, Alex Van? Thanks for coming on to the show, dude. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's yeah, been uh, a match made in heaven. Right? I know. Like it's about time. Like Chase has been on Pixel Pulse. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, man, this is really cool. Uh, I gotta say, I started listening to it once Chase was on it because that's what I was introduced to the show. Sure, well. yeah, seems pretty that's how cool. How these things work? But uh, what's the uh, what's that show? What's that show all about, really? In your own words, if you would say, uh, Pixel Pulse Radio is a podcast about video games. Mostly, we talk about tech and nerd culture here and there. Mm-hmm. I host it with my stepdad, uh, which you know could be. Either really interesting or really lame, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, Stepdad's either one or the two. That's always how yeah. it yeah. is. <laughs> no, is but yeah. That's a choice. It is, it is. No, but yeah, just a uh, video game podcast. Uh, weekly comes out every Monday. Yeah. Cool. We do articles, yeah, video videos occasionally. We oh, also awesome. need to mention, and I want to personally congratulate you, Alex. You raised 1500 bucks for on your extra live stream. Which yeah, is man. So dope, dude. Congratulations on that number. And you guys put mm. so much work into that and seeing it pay off with that number, man, that's fantastic. And I mean, yeah. I was the initial goal was five hundred bucks. And then I mean, we hit fifteen and I was like, dang. It was <laughs> that's it was pretty awesome. Much. It's substantial. Yeah, that is sure. a substantial <laughs> amount of money. That's really fucking cool. What was all that uh for? Again, exactly. Uh, yeah, so extra. It was for extra life. So no. what that is, if people aren't familiar, is a twenty-four hour. Uh, it's essentially a marathon for fat people who like games, and <laughs> wow. you just sit there, I'm you play games for twenty-four hours, yeah. <laughs> and man, you just go at it. You you raise money. All of it goes to support the Children's Miracle Network, which is a collection of hospitals across the U.S. that directly benefits kids with like leukemia, uh, other cancers, and illnesses. Stuff like that, and uh, Chase. We had Chase on as a guest streamer. Ooh, he uh, he was a much needed yeah. break, man. Yeah, <laughs> he came him. on delirious. Yeah, he came uh, on around like I want to say like the sixteen hour mark. I, I can't quite remember, but we were able to like take a break, go get some air, like actually go outside. It was awesome. So Max <laughs> and Hunter, if you guys are wondering, this is what sowing the seeds looks like. This is what Alex and I do. We get other people involved mm-hmm. into the show. Yes. We tweet out, Oof. we network. You guys, uh, you sit pretty, you have fun, but we're over here really. We're enjoying. doing the real work. We're doing yeah, the real no, work. I understand. The, the behind the scenes work is very important as well. You know, some people have to be the <laughs> face. Some people have to be the people that you know attract the guys in. And, some people got to do the mixing. Some people got to grind. You know, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> you big A's. Oh, oh it's good to have you here, Alex. I'm, I'm yeah, stoked. thank you so much good for to be being here. on the show. And not only, I mean, what's really great about this is that through the wonders of communication, we have figured out a way for us to all be drinking 
a, the, the same, same beer. beer to review. That <laughs> yes. is fucking awesome. I, that usually doesn't work out that way. Uh, but speaking of which, Hunter, if you could tell us a little bit about what we're drinking today. So today, we're heading back to the old Oscar Blues Brewery. Which we've, that Oscar Blues is a throwback. That's yeah. deep in the history. Dale's Pale Ale was, I believe, in the first 10 beers that we it's tried. It's gotta be, dude. And that was a surpriser. So That's I'm hoping classic, that this can hold true as classic well. Classic witty beer right there. This one is called Death by Coconut, which is uh, quite the interesting take. It is a 6.5% alcohol by volume English porter. And uh, this isn't off their website. Their website wasn't able to be connected, but a little description says, this limited release specialty comes around once a year to satisfy that sweet tooth. So get them while you can before they disappear. At 6.5% alcohol by volume and 25 IBUs, this choco nut goodness will have you yelling pass dash hit what? all winter long. <laughs> well, if whoever you see wrote the that. Can on the, on the top of it, it says pass period dash period hit. So. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what to make uh, of that. Pass that must shit. be. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it means. It must be a so Colorado Alex, thing, you know. Alex, what is your experience with beer? How are you approaching this beer review? I got to know. You live in Boulder, a beer mecca of yes. the U.S. Give me, give me all the beer background you can you can throw at me. Okay. So, um, ooh, I didn't start drinking until before. I moved to Boulder for the most part. Virginia didn't have many too many breweries and I was I was kind of not really into it at the time so moved out here uh, really like saw how like how how much the culture was saturated with beer honestly like yeah. it's everywhere there's a there's a microbrewery on every corner and so I kind of started getting into it um, which was probably like three four years three years ago almost um, and so I mean I'm not like you guys where I can be like um, like go for the double IPAs but I do, I, I drink beer quite often and I try, I always try to try something new um, and try to, I've just been for the past few years building up the taste for it and kind of building a palate so I can start recognizing those tastes and those, those smells. So that's kind of where I'm at, kind of more yeah. of a intermediate beer drinker compared to okay. you advanced boys. Well, we like all the compliments that you that you, Oscar, that was, you definitely made me feel cool. Oscar so Blues awesome. is out of Colorado. So yeah, that's, that's right down the street for me, uh, coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, so they're in any, Longmont. Anybody taking a, a sniff or a whiff? I've had a sniff. I've had a whiff. I've also looked at the beer. When I first poured <laughs> mine up, I had a fantastic, nice little thick header. It's dissipated a bit, but I do think it was pretty. It was tan. Um, you cannot see through this beer whatsoever. It is as dark brown as it comes. Mm -hmm. um, and with porters, you know, I'm looking for that thicker feel. With So far with the flavor... I've already picked up on the coconut right away and the coconut flavor I've gotten so far is more in that in line with that like almond joy type mm -hmm. of coconut where it's like that shredded like the coconut flaky flavor. coconut was exactly yeah. what I was thinking like little flakes yeah. of coconut you know it's kind of weird I mean, to say that but that's a real distinct flavor you're talking to a coconut using household right like I got mm -hmm. coconut milk in the fridge I got coconut oil next to the stovetop and the uh you know, and I got a coconut beer. In, so you're in a coconut. And you one could say <laughs> that maybe I'm a coconut, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm what I've seen so far. As far as like uh, you're saying, you expected that thicker feel and mouthfeel. It's actually fairly light or thin, thinner than I expected it to be. It's drinkable, as right? As, yeah, it's super. Yeah, nice and drinkable. 
Um, kind of six point five. Six point five. Yeah, six point five. Uh, definitely. You know, the chocolate's also very much so in there as well, but it's nothing like. It's nice and sweet right now, which only makes me think that it's only going to get sweeter yeah. as time goes on. So that might be a problem later on. But for right now, these first couple of sips have been really good. I got to say, I mean, I really didn't think that the coconut would come through this much. Like when I smell it, it's like cocoa lotion that I'm smelling and uh, or coconut lotion, I should say. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's it's thick and it's um, it's it's sweet and it just has a really round aftertaste of coconut. That's, I mean, that's the main gist of what I'm getting. I'm surprised because usually when we see something like the like it wasn't wasabi, but we thought it was wasabi. Oh like my we God, thought it was no. gonna be like or green tea or like you always or think like these chili peer. Yeah, or like pumpkin. You think these things are gonna come through a lot, and then you're like, ah, you know, kind of. And so, uh, but this time they're really delivering on that coconut. So I got it. <laughs> it's definitely yeah, uh, first taste. Uh, coconut right in my face, which is great because I <laughs> first taste coconut right in my, <laughs> face. Yeah, right in my face. I love yeah. coconut too, so like I'm kind of digging it right away. Um, has like a roasty, like you can you can taste that like roasted malt kind of flavor. I feel like come through. Yeah. Um, I mean it's like kind of got the classic like vanilla, like classic porter kind of stuff going on, but the the coconut is like right in your face, at least for me. And the head was quite quite uh, quite nice. I'm enjoying it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. That's a good start to the show so far. Sick guest, sick beer so far, right? But there's also something else that's really important. What's important, man? Well, first off, I just want to say, Alex, congratulations on being here for the first time I've ever got the beginning of the news story section right. Because this is witty banter. I can feel your jazzy influence, and I like it. You didn't even beep. <laughs> well, I was the host. I'm letting you guys beep it out. Oh, wow. Max, dude, I'm sorry, oh, man. Oh, wow. That's like the minus on your A. It's A minus. <laughs> I can go back and find actual episodes of you not beeping, Chase. I would love to hear that. I I don't I'm going exists. to counter and say that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm going to find them, man. First right. up, well, Alex, we're still waiting something on those you, beeps, you know, dude. This is my show. Uh, I get to run it the way that I want to, you know, right now it's true. as the host. I guess okay. it's true. But I do want to say that we all bring a few little news stories to the table. Uh, I think Alex actually brought one, too, as well, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Uh, but I kind of wanted to start us off with mine today. I think everybody will find it pretty interesting. But are you guys familiar with Steam's Greenlight program at all? I am Not. indeed. Yes. So before... If you ever wanted to get your game published and put onto Steam, all right, all you pretty much had to do was be like, hey, guys, come over here and vote for my game. You essentially had to get on there. You had to like put it up, put up a little vote cast, and then everybody had to come in and say, we approve this game can be on Steam, right? Okay. But they got rid of that recently. Wow. So what it ended up doing before is it made it pretty easy to get really like small indie titles on there. But- is there like a threshold that you had to hit? Yeah, but it was like fairly modest. Right? Okay. Nothing too overwhelming. It's like if we put out a few Twitter posts. <laughs> we should be able to get it. Yeah, people want to be able to get on there, right? Okay. So they ended up getting rid of that, and they're replacing it with more of a uh, financial incentive to get on there, to where now you have to just straight up pay a lump sum of money to get your game onto, the, onto Steam now, right? Yeah. And the whole idea of this is it's supposed to like kind of cut the quality or cut like the, um, 
you know, the fat off because it was kind of like an influx of huge games. In fact, 30% of the games that are on Steam came out in 2016 because people, you know, as programming got a little crazier. Yeah. And which little which comes out to games. thousands of games. Yeah. Like fucking thousands and thousands. Of yeah. Games, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so they made it a little bit different now to where you can't just go ahead and like throw your game on there. Uh, some quotes that I wanted to throw in there is that they've quoted numbers to where you might have to pay up to $5,000 to get your game Holy on there. Holy shit. Wow. Which is pretty big. When you think about like, you know, it's nothing to most games, right? But if it was like me right, or you and we had this awesome idea for a game, Steam used to be the place to be like, yeah, let's fucking throw that shit on there. And a lot of like small games that might not have had $5,000 to throw down like ended up blowing up and being fucking huge. That's $5,000 at the door that you're not going to be promised anything back of that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And like, and then the whole quote that they said on there was that they wanted it to be like, you know, the money that you put into it was so that you knew whatever game you made was going to like make money to like, compensate for it you know like they were like well that way people are more inspired to make a game that people will actually like right yeah but at the same time that's kind of whack because it's like a higher barrier to entry yeah well also it's just makes it feel like well if you want to put your game on here it's got to make money it's kind of the theme right yeah but i thought it was kind of interesting but the thing is too is that this is a, a means to stop like predatory uh companies from getting out there i mean if you watch uh, like the Jimquisition on YouTube, right, who yeah. goes through there and really turns through all the Steam Link Greenlight games, you'll find that. So, with Unity and uh, which is a game engine and other websites like Turbo Squid, there's places you can go to buy video game assets, right, like mm-hmm. 3D models and shit for your game. And what a lot of companies would do is they buy all these assets, they throw them together, and they do what's called like an asset flip, almost like flipping a house. Yeah. Buy these different assets put them together into a game that functions in the most elementary way and then put it on steam green light and try to get people to spend money on it. And it was, it became very predatory. And I think that, I mean, I ha- you have to assume this is what the, this new announcement is combating, you know, with this yeah. $5,000 ticket potentially. And I don't know, I've seen the range. It's like a hundred bucks to 5,000 bucks is going to be the price to get on steam green light. That is now the ticket to get on the store page which hopefully deters some of that real easy money flipping predatory mm-hmm. um, tactics. But the way that I view it is that like those people, like those like companies or whatever that are just flipping things, right? Like flipping houses, like you said, right. you have to be, you know, maybe if it was like your first house that you were flipping, right. You wouldn't really make that much money off of it until you finally were able to like start building up and getting really good at it. And then you can start, you know, you got, to be a professional flipping houses. What it ends up kind of doing to me is that I think that companies or those sort of predatory asset flippers mm-hmm. aren't really going to be as deterred as really, really, really small single person indie developers. It's a good, I mean, it's a good point. Like you might end up trimming off more of those like single person programmer games. Right. And like with that, maybe 10% of the predatory games that you're talking about. Like those people are yeah. like, financially sound and they they're thinking about how much money they're going to make back on those games right yeah this is so just a little like, notch in their margin okay then we'll spend out. the 500 to get our game on or we'll spend the 5,000 because like look at the statistics we should be making about 25 grand off of this right? <laughs> yeah interesting there's, yeah there's actually a lot of confusion for uh i've actually got a friend who's making an indie game and they're already green lit but they're kind of in that limbo phase where they haven't released yet they've and they they like they they, they they've kind of gotten through the first gate of green light and then they're just sitting there working on their game, right? 
And apparently, like, it was this huge rigmarole of, are we good? Uh, are we going to have to pay this? You know, it was. it's come out that uh, it looks like if you are already greenlit and you haven't released, you're, you're good to go. Uh, but th- for a while there, I know there are several people who are, like, freaking out. Yeah. But they like yeah, and what's and what's interesting too is there's other people who have been co- who have commented that maybe this is a way to just stifle the sheer quantity of games that are coming out on Steam because there's been this perceived problem that Steam has too many games and that the mm-hmm. good games get buried in the bad, um, and that this might be a way to potentially quell that problem. But at the same time, like you think of a service like Spotify, right? Spotify has millions of songs. And that doesn't stop anybody from really enjoying the service, you know. So you have to wonder how much of the problem that Steam has is baked in um, from the sheer quantity of games that are in there or if it's just more of their discovery tools. And and if it is their discovery tools, how much does this $5,000 ticket price really help, you know? Yeah. That's a good example because that's what I was going to say too is that I really don't think that like having a bunch of really terrible games prevented me from playing the games that I wanted to play. Right. But then again, maybe I wasn't discovering games like there might be some gems out there that nobody's ever heard of. Like I think you're kind of making the case now saying that there are really good games out there that people don't know about now because of this huge influx of games, right? Yeah. But at this like like I said before, like those gems, like what is this ticket price going to do to get them on there uh-huh. and not this influx of other shitty games? You know what I mean? Right. Like what makes you think that they have 5,000 or like an investment quantity or capital to put into it? Yeah. That these really terrible games. I don't think it's money that differentiates between that. I think it's, you know, fucking somebody's talent to make an awesome game. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I have never actually been on Steam, so I have zero frame of reference. <laughs> but when I hear that, I mean, it just makes me feel like that is just a sheer, let's start making money off of something that is clearly valuable to people. And if people find value in hey, saying, hey, like, we're on Steam, then yeah. Steam yeah. no longer wants to say, like, you know, if you have 25 votes, you know, like, <laughs> they, want, they want it to be a, a value-driven proposition to be on Steam. And it also makes me think about like Steam servers. You know, what if, what if it's like really difficult for them to, to withhold it just as a sheer logistical problem? And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think about it just as pure like they're they're gonna start making money off of the entry point, which mm-hmm. is you know, right. which is a, a different construct. Yeah, for them, those fucking million yeah. or thousands of games are now turning into millions of dollars from the get-go yeah so that's pretty big yep. yeah yeah I, I mean that's that's a piece of commentary that i honestly haven't heard yet and that's a very pointed uh observation for sure that like how do we how do we monetize this really successful program you know yeah. while also curbing some of the downsides of what we had in place beforehand you know yeah yeah i mean what if like you know like if itunes if they charged us to be able to get on itunes you know i mean I, i'm sure that we would do it because this is quality premium radio, dude. I mean, we would do it, but <laughs> we'd, make that money back in, we'd make that money back in like 10 years. So yeah, easily. <laughs> Especially since the first three years have been absolutely zero dollars. <laughs> you yeah. In fact, negative dollars. Into the negative. Right just, a pinch, just a pinch. Just a pinch. You know, like the the whole the whole notion that Steam is crowded with these crappy games. Like, I never really like subscribed to that thought. Um I mean, granted, granted, it's an issue, but I feel like Steam is actually doing a good job right now compared to 
like Xbox Live or PSN, like Steam has a curated list. You can go yeah. to like a big gaming journalist and like what lists do they have of games that are good? They've got like a solid review system in place. They've got like a solid suggestions list. Whereas PSN and Xbox, I feel like are bigger offenders in this because they've got, it's just a storefront. Like there aren't really right. the, the, there's a ratings system, but I've never even figured out how to do that. Uh, I feel like <laughs> those are the places where <laughs> these smaller, crappier games are getting yeah. uh, through easier. I don't know. Like, no, I was going to say the same thing that like, I felt like I've run into just as much garbage on PSN or Xbox. Is there no entry point to get onto the PlayStation I don't know how network? PlayStation There's a network. pretty big entry point. Yeah. Yes. Right? Is there? Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> it's not yeah, like a lump. It's not like a lump sum payment kind of entry point. It's more of just like however much you. This sell, is the process, and the process is big. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, maybe I that imagine. maybe their issue is more like UI based rather than content based. I think that yeah, I think that's ultimately what it comes down to because I'm in the same boat as as you, Alex. Where when I go on Steam, it's almost kind of like a fun experience, right? It's yeah. like. They've got a queue that's tailored to me based on my interest. And it's like, okay, I'll click through this and see what's what's going on. And then I can sort of use the search function to create these list, all these tags that mm-hmm. um, will bring up games that'll maybe appeal to me. And I, I like looking for games on Steam in that capacity. And if this new program makes that a more focused experience, that's great. Mm-hmm. I have seen uh, both sides where developers, any developers, both have said this is awful and this is great. So, as someone who's not too dialed into that ecosystem, I'm more of taking a, like a wait and see approach. But it is certainly a major uh, change in in the way that th- the status quo. You know, sure, yeah, yeah, cool. All right, man. Who's up next, man? I don't know. Anybody have a good turning point? Any takers? Where mine is? <laughs> I guess I'll take it. Yeah. We'll get this side of the, of the room done, and then we'll <laughs> take it on over to Austin and Colorado. To the virtual world. <laughs> uh, so this is a story from the Baltimore Sun, and uh, it Classic. reads, it reads, Twitter is going to start weeding out abusive tweets before you see them, and... It's it uh, it reads Twitter knows it has a problem with online abuse and on Tuesday, which was I guess a couple weeks ago, it announced three more changes it's making to help users deal with it. Um, basically, it says that the company is working on altering its search function so that tweets containing potentially sensitive content like violence or nudity won't show up in a normal search. The also the altered search function will also ignore messages. F- from particular or from people a particular user has blocked or muted and a, and another change is that they will uh, filter sorts of conversations twitter by default will show what it has judged as the most relevant replies to a tweet and um it'll basically like bar out the ones that could be potentially abusive uh so that you could you could still access them if you want they're just not going to show up and it says it's going to be ro- uh, rolling out this uh, functionality in a couple weeks so if you don't find this interesting, maybe just stick to this. I also thought, like, I immediately thought of just the principle of free speech when I was thinking about this yeah, and right. what that means now versus, like, you know, what the dogma meant maybe even 200 years ago when we were when we were talking about free speech being an American right, you know? So, um, 
I, I just thought it was interesting and, and it's interesting to, to watch these big social media people have to deal with these crazy people saying crazy shit and see like how they can cater it without in, infringing on free speech. Yeah. So. Does like social media count as free speech? Yeah. I mean, do y'all think that? Do y'all think on social media you should have free speech? I mean, it's it's at the discretion of the company, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Twitter is yeah, a private company, and, yeah. and what they make the rules, you yeah. know. And if it's if it's going, if you want to position Twitter as a democratic service, then you maybe want to hold to free speech values as much as possible. But if you want to make it a more just palatable experience for your user then you maybe want to start silencing a lot of fucking twitter eggs right yeah i mean alex you and i use twitter a shit ton oh yeah and i feel like the two over there kind of using a more passive sense how does this strike you so yeah i think you ask like everybody what's the common issue with twitter it's the harassment um and i i'm of the mind that you are using a product of a private company therefore you forfeit your free speech to a certain extent. That's the agreement. Okay, I'm joining, I'm on Twitter. The agreement is I should act like a decent person if I want to use this product, right? It's a privilege, not a right to use Twitter. Yeah. Um, sure. And to yeah, me, like, I feel like, I feel like you and I, Chase, and, and to the extent the other guys over there, like, we're using Twitter more, we're using it more casually compared to like, let's say like some like Chance the Rapper, uh, Beyonce, whoever, they're the ones who are getting this hate every day, like literal death threats, uh, stalkers, like falling, like all sorts of stuff. I feel like we're not, I, I haven't, I've like, I've had like two trolls, like try to attack me one time. It was nothing. Like I just muted him. But when you're constantly <laughs> and I was smashed him, brought up him the down. troll sword, I cut yeah. him down. I've never seen such troll destroy. Whack him with a big stick. Through those yeah. Yeah. Like, here. whereas if you're being bombarded every day, I could see, I could certainly see like, if I was in that scenario, I'd want that to be handled. Like, I'm I'm a person. I feel like the whole allure to to Twitter for a long time was like, and still being able to talk to these big profiles like Joe yeah. Schmoke and just tweet at this person. Like, I feel like that's part of the allure of Twitter, and I want to like maintain that and preserve that. And I feel like I'm fine with like the whole Milo thing. Like he was being yeah. a dick uh, online to like to several celebrities. Like it wasn't for his like his political views. It was because he was like calling people fat and like just berating them. Like I'm totally fine with those people going, but I, I can understand the other side of the argument as well. Like the whole free speech thing. That's just kind of where I fall on it. Yeah. I mean, and it brings up an interesting situation because like you said with, so Milo, I don't even know his last name. He's like a very, he's like an extreme right wing commentator mm-hmm. who was taken off of Twitter because of his abusive statements towards other accounts. And there came the question of, was this person removed from Twitter because of what they were saying or because they were a high profile example mm-hmm. and this was like a, we can make an example out of them. Um, and so if you see Twitter start to silence people on grounds that seem a little bit dubious, then I'm going to draw some pause. But if yes. you're trying to make Twitter a more just enjoy, like, I don't know, not enjoyable because I'm, I'm not looking to be babied and coddled right when right. i go on to one of these service <laughs> exactly i mean just imagine if the first time someone used your service and they typed in the search bar next thing you know they got fucking russian porn bot tits and some <laughs> egg screaming <laughs> screaming death threats that would suck right so I'm, I'm cool with them just trying to make it a smoother experience um but i am wary i am cautious that 
they will not infringe on my free speech because I understand that I forfeited that more just like, let's, let's make sure you're doing things in a fair, more ubiquitous policy driven way. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think there is a temptation like Twitter as a company, we're going to silence these certain people. I think it should just be like leaving politics aside. Like, I feel like companies like Facebook have like gotten in trouble or have been accused of like silencing conservatives. You know, they're very liberal. Like, you got to stay away from that. Like th- there's a difference in that and like banning the people who are like private messenger death threats to people. You know, there's, there's a big difference there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel, I feel like it's kind of interesting how, you know, you said that the main issue with Twitter is the abuse. And it's funny because I feel like, I mean, I don't know, not to get too deep, but like the, the fact that people are, either anonymous or just doing this behind a keyboard and they don't have to to have the consequences necessarily straight up for saying the shit they say mm-hmm. like the anonymity and and not having to deal with that consequence like shines a light on humanity on like <laughs> people want to say a bunch Your of truest emotions stupid bullshit feelings. to fuck with people mm-hmm. so like i don't know it's just it's just weird that that's so deeply ingrained that so many people want to do that that it's like a widespread thing you know i i I thought that you know you 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 kind of grow up thinking like people are either good or bad but maybe not all this many people are huge dickheads (laughs) oh shit no they are (laughs) oh wow everyone's a fucking turbo dude (laughs) (laughs) oh man and again i think for like the more casual user there are tools in place to like like i have i can block i can mute like I think it just, I think it becomes a problem when it's in like such high volume. So I right. don't know. I'm kind of with Shay. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of undecided. Like I see the merit in enforcing some sort of rule system on like freedom of speech, but also like, uh, it could be dangerous. You, you know, you also have to wonder in a very cynical sense, how much of this press release is meant just to, embolden shareholders or, or maybe, well, I guess if it's a private company, but just to make, make people feel more confident in the product mm-hmm. and less about actually stopping a problem. Right. Yeah. So Optics. I don't know. There's a lot of sides to it for sure. Yeah. I think this has definitely come up with, I'm sure with all the hated tweets towards like Trump and everything that's been going on with that. So I'm sure that's why they even released the press statement in the first place. It's just like, yeah. Hey, Hey, this isn't just a fucking, battlefield of fucking slander right towards each other not like just from him but i mean just at each other it's certainly not a forum of ideas because when you limit anyone to 140 characters you've automatically made the purest made the threshold pretty low yep (laughs) oh man so in about 140 characters alex (laughs) what do you have to bring to the table as far as the story we go Marvel announces, uh, no, um, (laughs) Marvel has announced they've begun production on the infinity war film. So if you've been living under, under a rock for the past nine years, um, nine, yeah, nine iron man, Man started the the Marvel cinematic universe came out in 2008. Yep. So they announced that they're doing, uh, they've started on the Infinity War. It was, there was like a nice video going along with it, like behind the scenes in the studio with like uh, Chris Pratt, um, Tony Stark, Tom Hiddleston, uh, all those people. And it's just kind of like, it's kind of surreal that it's, we're finally there. Like it's been so long. Like we've been 
like the, the MCU has been around so long. Um, and so I guess I'm asking, are you guys excited for, for infinity war? Like the, the apex of these films, like they're, they're all coming to a close. It seems like, are you excited for that? Do you even care about the MCU? Do you think they've gotten better over time? Um, just kind of wanted to know what you guys thought of the films in general. If you're excited for infinity war, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I wasn't excited for it until uh, just now. Yeah, until just now. <laughs> no, but <laughs> you sold me. Um, <laughs> no, like so before when Iron Man one came out and when all these movies were kind of coming out, we just had the big idea of like what the MCU in the future is going to be, and they gave us that chart of when all these movies were going to come out, and we we're like, sick, dude! In like nine years. Infinity War is going to come out, right? Well, nine years happened, right? I'm honestly more like blown away by 2008 was nine years ago. Shit. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Can we stop saying that, please? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, you know, and the movies for me have just, they didn't mean anything to me when they started coming out. Like, I just thought it was like, oh, that's cool. Like they made an Iron Man. That's fucking tight. And then like Captain America was pretty cool. And like Thor was terrible. And like all these other films, (laughs) all just these films came out and I just didn't really care. Right. And then, uh, the Winter Soldier came out, and I was like, "This isn't the best movie I've ever seen." But those fight scenes were potential. Dope. But this could be really fucking tight. Those fight scenes weren't very good. No, yeah, they weren't <laughs> very good. That's a conversation yeah. for another time. Yeah, that's how course. I felt yeah, about Civil War. Before. I mean, that's how I felt. I was like, I, you know, this is a legitimate. This is kind of what I signed up for with this Marvel superhero movie. Kind what? Of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I felt like I felt like the I felt like the superpowers weren't like we're going to do this thing because we can and it's a little showy and flashy, but blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, like, they're literally just like running through like 60 miles an hour down the freeway and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, superheroes <laughs> probably can do that. Yeah, you right. know, like, they, they just kind of throw that in casually, but it doesn't look like stupid as fuck. But, um, I, yeah, like in Civil War, dude, I thought Civil War was really good. I yeah. thought Civil War was awesome and I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was fucking awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy was great. Right? And mm-hmm. yep. all this this is bringing together those two films so like logically and I'm a man of logic <laughs> that this movie in theory should be pretty cool. That being said it's going to be about 400 superheroes in this movie yeah, and what? there's like, no way. I know you said living under a rock. Done. I know all about the Marvel shit. I don't know specifically what Infinity Wars is. I thought that the Avengers was like the apex everyone's coming together. Like, I thought oh, that's, that's what, what that thought. was. Yeah. Well, you're in luck, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's more people. They just keep adding stuff. Like, dude, like, there's gotta be at least like, in all seriousness, there's gotta be like 30. Like 35 people. 35 this- superheroes. Mm-hmm. They have some form know. of them in this film. And that's like, there's no way you can do all those. At if once I start film. naming superheroes, it's like 95% Marvel heroes. You know, like yeah. if I start thinking about the ones that I just know and pop up, it's mostly Marvel. So because they're the most recent, you know? Yeah. But for, know, for me personally, ne- I have never been a huge fan of the films. I've had the ones that I've liked. I've had the ones that I've disliked. I am more interested to see what happens to the MCU after this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we've, We've had nine years leading up to a single point, and we're about to have the climax of that. And so then, what's next? What's like, the what comes? Yeah, what comes after? Do they start setting up the next gigantic Turbo Infinity War? Like, <laughs> turbo. I don't. I don't know. And and I'm like I said, I'm not a big Marvel fan. I'm more gonna just ask friends who have seen it what they think and be mm-hmm. like okay cool was it worth the nine years or not but i don't know it it's 
it's certainly a turning point, in, at least in their business strategy, you know? It just makes me wonder how they could possibly weave a coherent plot with so many fucking people yeah. in three hours or in two hours. Yeah, I feel like yeah. if they if this is an hour and a half film, like it can't be, right? Like if you're gonna do it right, it needs to be like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King level. <laughs> four like, hour four hour movie. <laughs> like shit. Like you said, three there's like thirty five superheroes. Like there's so many. Like I don't know. I'm I'm kinda skeptical like how they're gonna pull it off. I don't know if they Are you get excited? what they have to do. Yeah, you stuck with the movie, Alex? Uh yeah, I mean, I was like, I was way into it four years ago, um, and the past few movies have kind of like, uh, never, they they haven't really hit the mark for me. So like, I like Winter Soldier, I like, uh, I like the original Avengers, but right now it's just like, eh. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was cool. That was a neat space opera film. Like I felt like it did its thing and didn't really. Yeah, I don't know. It was it didn't break. It didn't have that cheesy factor like I feel like a lot of the Marvel films do. And then I liked, I actually liked Dr. Strange quite a bit. Uh, I wasn't expecting to, but in general, like I've given up on Thor. I, I can't even tell you how many Thor movies have been out, two or three <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Thor sucks. Uh, and it's as too like bad a, too. Yeah. Growing up as like a Marvel fan, um, like my grandpa used to like go to yard sales and give me the comics all the time. Uh, I don't know. It's, I'm skeptical. Yeah. I don't know. Comic, comic books have trying to figure out what their place is in pop culture now is going to take, I feel like a few years of context before we can truly like figure it out, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I feel no, you. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, I uh, thank you for the news story. Yes, Mr. sir. Aiken. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, Chase, you got anything? Well, you know, it's, it's clear that I bring the thunder considering I've been the anchor three weeks in a row now. <laughs> trying to keep <laughs> some consistency in the Don't show. read into it, bruh. And right. anytime everybody stopped listening by now, so that makes sense. <laughs> you may want to change that up next episode, but it's only because I said something, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Just weaving those mind games in there. My story comes from the New York Times. It reads: Disney drops PewDiePie and YouTube distance itself after reports of anti-Semitic videos. Mm. So I'm gonna read you just a little bit of the story that I want to give you the spin and the reason why that I've brought it to the table. Um, it reads the Disney owned maker studios and YouTube have pulled away from PewDiePie, one of the video platforms, most popular stars after a report that he had posted several videos featuring anti-Semitic imagery. Maker Studio said on Monday that it had severed ties with the star Felix Kilberg, a Swede better known by his YouTube alias PewDiePie, while YouTube said on Tuesday that it had canceled the release of an upcoming series and dropped him from a premier advertising program. The announcements came after the Wall Street Journal reported that Mr. Kilberg had posted nine anti-Semitic videos since August. Quote, Although Felix has created a following by being provocative and irreverent, he clearly went too far in this case, and the resulting videos are inappropriate, end quote. A Maker Studios spokeswoman said in a statement on Monday, quote, Maker Studios has made the decision to end our affiliation with him going forward, end quote. And I just want to add that he had 53 million subscribers, and he has earned $15 million in the last year, thanks largely to his book, This Book Loves You. The reason why I want to bring this to the table is because PewDiePie, whether you watch him or are aware of him or not, is a big deal in the sense that he is one of the largest, he is the largest YouTube channel. And on top of that, the largest YouTube channel is a gaming channel, uh, which is where he got his bread and butter from. And I bring it to the table because in my own capstone paper before I graduated, I mentioned PewDiePie as 
basically a statistic to show the size of video games. So when someone this big gets dropped from both YouTube's um, premium service and Disney, I just think it's worth kind of relaying to the audience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I guess we can get your comments. Obviously, you're all going to say that anti-Semitic videos aren't cool okay, don't speak for me chase uh, right, don't speak right? for me man so yeah let me let me just get your general reaction to the news first um i watched like see i think it's kind of misleading in the way that it says like he posted nine anti-semitic videos it's not like he it sounds like he was like making going jokes or going on rants about you know yeah hating jews but uh from what I've saw, and I only saw a few of them, it was like just different moments where like the joke that he didn't even make came out as being like anti-Semitic. And even in a lot of them, like even during in the videos, he like in the moment was like, oh, that's not cool. You know, like oh, was, no I saw shit? him kind of approach that in that way. But wow, I mean, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, everybody's watching your videos and you need to be in control of what's on there. But mm-hmm. I just I just wanted to point it out that I don't like like the videos weren't anti-Semitic as there was like anti-Semitic attempted humor at some point and not even always by him. So it's right. strange. But yeah, that's tough. I mean, imagine if uh, South Park got cut for making irreverent jokes. You know, I mean, uh, it, it I think that if it was like a rant or or, or straight up like yeah, he's trying story. to like spread an ideology of anti-Semitism then for sure like totally warranted but in this case where it's like he said something that could be misconstrued as an anti-Semitic and he didn't mean for that and like he might have but yeah. even if he, but if he cops if he covers it and he's like hey like that's not cool yeah then that's kind of fucked up that they're gonna go ahead and be like not acknowledge that that's not really what he was trying to relay um and it, it, yeah it is a big deal i mean the fact the fact is that the guy is a freaking he's the dude on youtube he's who everybody follows so um well, like he also doesn't have like a pg channel you know what i mean it's not like it's a channel like oh but kids were watching yeah but i guess like, there well, is kids that were watching before certain amount of responsibility amount of violence that, and there was amount of you know yeah bad language and other things like that yeah i think um I don't know. It's kind of, it kind of like I've actually used to hate PewDiePie and then kind of came around on him. Uh, and like, I like pull up one of his videos like every like six months. But when I first saw the news, I was like, man, this sucks. Um, because like PewDiePie has always been irreverent. Um, that's kind of his shtick. And, you know, I think I agree with you guys on, on some level where he kind of loses me was where he went out of his way and hired these dudes to like, it's not like, he found some image on the internet and was like, it was like, it said like death to all Jews. Like he went and hired these people to write it on a sign, hold it up, take a photo of it for this joke. And at some point, um, I don't know, like it's like this weird, like where do we draw the line of comedy? You know, like it's exactly. Yeah. So it's, there's, there's something, there's something to be said. Like his, his whole defense is it's just my humor and you don't get it. Right. And I, mean, I think there was even, it says that in one of the videos, someone dressed as Jesus, Jesus, holds up a sign uh, or says Hitler did absolutely nothing wrong. And when you read these quotes, you think, wow, that's fucking weird. But I've heard a lot of bad shit in comedy routines, right? And laughed at a lot of bad shit. And his whole defense is, well, this is just comedy that's not understood. And 
I can I can kind of I can allow myself to dip my toe into a conversation about comedy and like what's offensive and what's not. But the fact of the matter is you're backed by a studio owned by Disney, you know, and that's not really the company that wants to be tangling itself up with with controversy like this. Right. So yeah. I understand that kind of uh, action. And as far as YouTube dropping him, you know, maybe maybe they're just falling in line or, you know, maybe their their own uh, people up top just just took issue with it. And so. I kind of understand where the where Disney and YouTube are coming from. I I understand in the smallest sense where PewDiePie is coming from, although I'm I'm not really giving him the benefit of the doubt, which maybe he's asking for. Um, but like I said, the the main reason why why I wanted to bring the story is more of just it's a it's it's a another step in kind of a historic channel and person that people of our age and in in our interests would probably want to be aware of, you know? Yeah. 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 Do I think, I think, do I think Felix is a racist? No, I don't. I just think he needs to curate his jokes a little better, you know, yeah, know what's appropriate for your audience. <laughs> yeah. Like who, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's kind of where I stand. Like, do I think he's a racist? No. Do I think it was in poor taste that this particular instance? Yes, I do. Yeah. Like the, the whole hiring people on Fiverr. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. And like, that's a fine line to walk, right? Cause like, I guess I, you make a good point where it's like, I think the large majority of this whole outfalling is not the joke itself, but it's the fact that he, the fact that he's backed by certain uh, interests, right? He has YouTube and he has this, uh, whatever the Disney owned company is. And Maker Studios. Maker Studios. But if I think of stuff like, you know, you're talking about comedy bits, like Louis C.K., He's made jokes that kill me about like having sex with kids that I'm like, that's like, dude, if he said something like that, you know, imagine, imagine the real fallout, but he's not really like owned by anybody or he's he's not not beholden. He's not, yeah, he's not representing anybody. He's just talking his mind. So, I mean, maybe it's like, he's just, it it goes back to like, does he really have freedom of speech? It's a privilege for him to be saying the shit he's saying because he's getting paid to to say it. Yeah. He still works for somebody in some sense. You know, he doesn't just work for himself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, anti-Semitism is a lot to chew on. So maybe we should just (laughs) let this, yeah, (laughs) as well as also chew on this beer for a little bit during (laughs) halftime. And then we'll come back after the show and figure out where we are with some scores. All right. Better, 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 If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. There's been beep, a lot beep, of boop. yeah. There's been a lot of beeps this episode. <laughs> there's well, one like more beep. Yeah, per how session. are you gonna call me on not beeping when you're not beeping? Yeah, you didn't well, even beep. I beep when it's mandatory. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. now we figured out. I'm sorry, I didn't know the rules. I'm sorry, Chase. I forgot that. <laughs> I, I also want to apologize. <laughs> I feel like about a, a lot of my beeps and boops have come out as dupes and deeps. Well, well yeah. So. Hey, we we collect all yeah, consonants 
and all vowels. <laughs> if it ends with an oop or an eep, that's all right, man. Bring it up. When I just go into it naturally, do do do, like it's like the drum, like. But in my brain, it's the beeps, if that makes sense. Yeah. My heart's in it. Me and Chase had a legitimate conversation about how I wanted to get more scatty with my beeps. We practice our beeps in the in the shower, right? You do that too? I have. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. I've oh. written different connotations for beeps down, man. But me and Chase have been doing this for so long <laughs> that we start like getting in our heads about it and getting like self-conscious about it at certain like, What do you think about, dude, what do you think about my beep on the left? <laughs> <laughs> on the like left you like side. have this perfect beep and Did then when the moment comes, you're like, oh, I just yeah, beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> that must be tough. Uh, but you know what's not tough? To drink this beer we're drinking right now. Oh, you're going you're gonna to go ahead and say that? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. But uh, drinkability is high. I will say it scores like surprisingly for a porter, like eight or nine on the chugometer. Man, You're gonna give it a chugometer? It's up there, there dude. It's Dang. up on the chugometer. It's high on the chugometer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How are we feeling about this beer for the halftime? It smells like a tremendous pile of coconuts. <laughs> it really <laughs> does, yep. dude. It is like a room such, full of coconuts. It is such a coconutty beer. <laughs> and you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna title your beer death by coconut, what else can you expect? It's true. Yeah. It's really true. It's what I want. I, I, yeah, I am kind of impressed by that. Like usually, it's like a hint. It's barely there. Here, it's man. It's full force, right up front. Yeah, this the is whole like time. you open a bag and it's full of coconuts. Then you look around and your room is full of coconuts. And you <laughs> yeah. go outside and you realize you've been living in a coconut. Yeah, and then it just pans out and it's not the earth. It's just a coconut. Just you a are a microbe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man there there is i think a tinge of negative aftertaste for me though like yeah a little bit of a bitterness there's like a sweetness or something that either isn't landing or is just giving me a sour twinge at the very end of it you know it's like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's putting all of its chips at the front <laughs> and that tastes delicious all in buddy and, uh, but then at the very end, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't enjoyed the aftertaste. It smells like coconut. It tastes like coconut. It is high on the chugometer. Yeah. So I don't know. I got to chew on what my final score is going to be. Mm-hmm. I guess just because it. of the coconut, I can't make it high on the chugometer. Like I don't want to quaff What's this not shit. Chuggable about coconut, man. It's co- I don't know. It's, it's coconut. coconut. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any problem with like the uh, the feel or anything. Um, I, I I I think it's just so robust of coconut that I, I honestly wish I could taste it without the coconut. I hate saying that because that's literally the entire shtick. But I, I feel like I, I, feel I, like like about I would this honestly like it a lot more if it wasn't so much coconut. If it was just a hella drinkable porter. If it was like a five on the coconut meter. You know, yeah, but it's like a seven. I got a new like meter a in here, and I feel like this is the, only, the only beer that's gonna the score on it. The cocoa meter, the cocoa meter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got for it right now, man. Yeah, it's seeming pretty good, but uh, you know, yeah, we'll, I think we'll on it. Yeah, I think I was really feeling it like the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I'm, I'm still feeling it. It's just I'm kind of chasing the aftertaste. Like it just kind of lingers a little too long, and like I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna be. At the very end of everything, it's like where of, I'm gonna where I'm gonna fall. That's just exactly what I thought was gonna happen. You know? Like when mm-hmm. I was saying that like dance is sweet and like really nice, but it's like that means it's probably not gonna last. not gonna hold up. Not gonna hold up. Doesn't got no legs. Yeah. But you know what does hold up? What holds up, dude? 
Well, let me tell you. Have you guys? What'd you guys do? Have you guys been hanging out pretty cool? Having a good week so far? Do you guys do anything interesting specifically? This Working week? twelve-hour days. I'll tell you that. That's cool. Did I'm you with f- you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Very not. Pain. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, I had a little bit of a chance to catch a film. Oh really? Yes. What yeah. perchance film would this be? Uh, it's the Keanu Reeves masterpiece. John Wick. John Wick. Wait two. a second. That masterpiece has already come and gone. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> John Wick. Duh. John Wick. Have we all had a chance to see John Wick too? We did. Yeah. Everybody okay. has. Done. All around. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. Since we're all here, we might as well have ourselves a review. We almost had it, but then the suits got their hands in it. Four to four. Look, I'm just saying. I've had better salami plates. Two out of five. Gotta be the best album I've ever heard. Three out of eight. Yeah, it's a review. review. Okay, <laughs> I'm down. What are you guys thinking, man? Well, first off, I want to bring up. Uh, we got a tweet from cool. uh, Dave at Perfect it's Past World. Tense, right? I think that's. I think it's a twat at that point. It's a twatted. He twatted us. Twatted. Uh, twatted. He twatted us. Uh, he said, Sounds "I watched good. the sequel on release night." Uh, how would you rank John Wick versus John Wick 2? Now, I don't just want to just dive right into like bumping heads, you know, <laughs> who's better than what now. We start forming teams, you know, start figuring out who our true friends are. And, you know, going all this, this. So I just kind of want to get uh, what you guys, when you first, first off, going into the movie, what did you guys kind of expect? Uh, Chase, you take it, man. <laughs> um, uh, back Matt, <laughs> I didn't know it was falling on me immediately. I didn't say Hunter. It was like <laughs> you guys, you're just in the room with me. I'm gonna delegate. I yeah. immediately when I got my tickets, I saw that it was a two-hour movie. You're like, and I said to myself, "That's not a good sign." <laughs> really? I don't think action movies should be that long, right? It's a little okay. long. Okay. But I remember being a huge fan of the first one, and so I was very optimistic of the second. Um. After having seen it, I've kind of realized that I don't have a lot to say about it. You know, like yeah. I can't I can't give you any specific like insightful piece of fucking criticism or critique exactly. or opinion on it. It's more of like I saw it. I enjoyed I my time it. with it. I was there. <laughs> and, I was yeah, in my theater. And here they I am. Definitely played. <laughs> I left. Here I am. <laughs> That's funny, dude, because like yeah, I, I thought it was the most insightful movie I've ever fucking Well, no, seen. I just I have a lot to say. <laughs> like <laughs> like I'm gonna yeah. say this, okay. Well, I guess and that works out. So that's we're all fan <laughs> we're all fans of Keanu Reeves, right? I'm a and would you say that? Uh, um, sure. Sure. I mean, Alex, this is this is whoa, the house that whoa. Keanu built, dude. Yeah, hold up here, Alex. <laughs> What's your problem with Keanu Reeves, man? I mean, this is the first time I've watched Keanu in anything since Matrix Revolution. Oh, okay. So, so it's been a bit. Yeah. I mean, or Reloaded, which was the third one. I mean, Revolution. more so, more so than anything, I'm a fan of Keanu as a person. You know, same. And I, I like his, his. I share interest with this man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I respect <laughs> this man. His mentality um, is one I admire. But I'm gonna say this: like, this is what dawned on me in this movie is that Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. Oh no, he's no. just that. No, he's no, just no. correct. He just every single fucking line. Like at the very end, he says, "I'll like, kill them." I'll yeah, kill he's them like, all. "Tell them if they're going to come." <laughs> I'll find them. 
and I'll kill them. It's like, dude, I swear to God, I could act better than that. Like on that, on that note, I could have. Like, yeah. And so, like, you know, I, 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 that was hard for me to get over throughout the film, but. Um, you know, the action was incredible. I thought the action was cool. You know, the gun scenes and the fact that he's mowing down people in public and he mows down like 170 people uh, is cool. And the way he does it is cool. But I don't know. There's just, I don't know. It, it, it Overall, the movie, the plot was a lot more like, it didn't make sense to me compared to the first one. I think I liked the first one more. I think I was able to like get into the first one a little bit more. So... It's interesting. So I assume, well, how do you feel about it, Alex? You weren't really blown away by Keanu Reeves' performance? So the first 10 minutes, I was just trying to figure out, like, who is this gem of a character that I'm looking at? <laughs> who is just rolling in, jumping over taxis, just mowing the dudes down, doing the dang thing. Because um, you haven't seen John And, you know, right? he kind of he grew on me. Uh, as the film went, I was like, man, this guy's such, he's like really good at what he does. And then he started talking. I was like, oh yeah, it's Keanu Reeves. Um, but like when he wasn't talking, the movie was awesome. Like I felt like him as a character. <laughs> yeah. Like it's he, like, na- like all right, when I think of the film, like, just like I got out of it two hours ago, three hours ago. I just saw it. Okay. Um, oh, nice. Fresh on the brain. I, I kind of think I like in my brain, I'm like, man, I feel like Keanu is like the whitest version of like Donnie Yen and it man, except yeah. of his fists, it's just guns. Um, See, I was thinking like, he was like a white ice cube. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, you know, he just constantly, <laughs> except he doesn't have all the sassy look that ice cube has, but all of the don't same, go up as far. all of the, uh, in, <laughs> involatility of emotion basically. <laughs> so am I correct in assuming that he did all of the stunt work on this for the most part? Yeah. yeah. For the most part, he, so, for the yeah. most part, yeah, as much as so, can. like that to me is super impressive. Just because there were several scenes where, like, it's just like this complicated rhythm, and I felt like he was just nailing it. Like as far as the action went, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a good action movie. I didn't see the first one. This is my yeah. first, my first John Wick. Um, I kind of had vibes of like, so for if there are video game fan list, fans listening, I kind of had the same. Uh, effect that Dishonored 2 had on me where I'm like, man, I want to know more about this world, which is kind of weird to say, but like, and it might be because I didn't see the first film, but I'm like, what is this hierarchy of the continental? Mm -hmm. Like what's their deal? What's with like the entire homeless population being secret agents? Like (laughs) what is going on here? I kind of want to know more. (laughs) That's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at after the film. Like, yeah, I will say, I mean, well, yeah, what you what, well, what's funny is that this was supposed to be the movie to flesh all that stuff out, right? Mm. And I wanted—I do want to say that in the after the first action scene and in the beginning, you had a lot of build up to what was going to be the rest of the film, and like the sommelier at the Continental, I thought was mm-hmm. a really cool scene. I loved all of those jokes and the dialogue between him and John Wick, um, but but ultimately, the way I felt was. The action was really good, right? Like when you watch, I mean, we just talked about Marvel movies. When you watch Marvel movies, the cinematography actually takes a huge chunk away from the action scenes. Like you get camera cuts when Mm -hmm. you have like the impact of hits, Mm -hmm. which then makes the fighting look just very flaily and sporadic rather than like you actually seeing what's going on. And every kill John Wick had was very much like, 
you saw it from a mile away and honestly the gore was like really brutal but that was the feedback right mm-hmm. you would see him take out some dude's kneecaps and then f- pop him in the forehead that was like holy shit that was crazy right yeah and i i do like how sort of the the boss characters in the movie John Wick, like once he got to those characters, it wasn't this like 10 minute, we have to have a showdown because this is a boss character. It was more like, no, John Wick kills that guy too. Yeah. But there was, there was, <laughs> but there was a more stylized breath to it where every boss character that he did kill, he killed with a knife instead of a gun. And I do like the little stylized choices like that, that the film brings. Um, Ultimately, I think that this movie, you're right, the acting was bad. Lawrence Fishburne's in it, which is like kind of cool if you're a Matrix fan. And yes, once again, he plays a fucking crazy dude, right? But <laughs> he's always got to have pigeons. Exactly. There's got to be some sort of pigeon in his coat. No. It was good. It was very good, even. Like, this was better than most action movies that come out. But it was still, to me, like I said, like, I just, I don't know what else to say about it, right? Like, it was a movie that I saw and I guarantee you that ask me a year down the line i'm not gonna be able to tell you much of what happened in the mm-hmm. movie yeah um so i'll go and give i'll go and give the first score i'll, I'll give this one an eight out of a ten. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten is pretty we haven't good. heard much from you what do you think i've just been listening in yeah figuring out what you guys have to say and it's hard to say anything now because it's all true you know yeah Keanu Reeves is, and he's surrounded in a movie by like actually pretty talented actors. That's what I was thinking because they like, outshine the shit out. Yeah, of Yeah, when he's talking to Ian McShane at any point, you're like, oh my god, Ian McShane's a great actor. <laughs> Keanu, what the fuck, dude? Why would you hire him? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Even Common was like a really great yeah. actor. <laughs> and not that Common's a bad Shout actor, out to but Common. it's like, come on, Common musician first, right? Um, uh. Yeah, but it was just like I I loved this movie. I thought it was amazing um i do think that it speaks for a lot the fact that keanu reeves is like 53 and he's yeah wow the dude is old as fuck good i respect him so much yeah Yeah, i respect the shit out of him actually yeah i yeah i always respect Mm -hmm. keanu um (laughs) (laughs) but i think what gave this movie that extra charm is you kind of go into it after seeing john wick one and what John Wick one did is you went in there and it's like it's very like precision shot kills, right? Like mm-hmm. when he's going through his house in the first movie and he's like hitting every dude in the fucking head. Yeah. And like everything and he's like like Chase brought up earlier, like hitting somebody in the knees, that dude's down. So he turns and takes care of the other guy yeah. who's next to him, goes back to that dude, yeah, pops him in the head to kill him. And it's just very like, you know, two in the chest, one in the head. Like everybody fucking died with like two to three bullets in them for sure. Everybody was <laughs> and, for and sure like dead. What and like what Alex said, there was a rhythm to it. Like I loved watching the scenes where uh, it was like you know a few shots, few shots, and then some like crazy one-handed reload. At one point in time, he put like a barrel of a gun on, on yep. a dude's chest, killed somebody, reloaded Relo- the other oh, gun with yeah, one was, hand, and then finished him off. So it was cool, sick. man. He like yeah. reloaded it as he's pinning him down and just blasts yeah, him. Yeah, blast him through the chest. That was that was brutal, dope, dude. Like, and it's just, and that's what you kind of expected out of you know a John Wick two movie, right? But I think the extra charm that came into this movie was in the fight scene between him and Common and they're looking at each other through the fucking over the fountain. It was by the way, not that you can really spoil this movie, but yeah. In case yeah. you have any interest of like not wanting to know what action scenes Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, he <laughs> There's sees, a fountain. Yeah, he sees yeah. <laughs> like, like all the way through the review. The they're like, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um 
But then like the fountain goes up and they're shooting through the fucking like water and they can't really see each other. But you just assume they're such pro assassins. That yeah. Nobody in the no bystanders. No one hurt. got hurt. That's fine. And then uh, they're chasing each other like through what should be New York City, even though it's obviously not in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're like in the the metro and dude, that was so levels. funny. And he's fucking. They're taking pot shots at each other from like going like, through the, the mall. Yeah, like, tick, 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 with silence. I thought weapons. that was interesting. They're trying to like do all this assassinating. Like assassinating, without, yeah, without actually like no anyone knowing, but they're doing it in public, right? Yeah. So, but I just thought there was just so much charm, and like I had such a good time in all of this. There was scenes. a lot of humor, and it carried on the humor torch from John Wick One. Like there were some f- genuinely funny moments from the first John Wick, and I still felt that this movie was funny. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think all that charm was there. Um, I just I thought I thought the ending was kind of lame or it was kind of weird. But <laughs> the ending, know, spoiler sets alert, sets up a more ridiculous John Wick three. So I guess that's cool. But you know, hey, that's awesome. Uh, Mick Shane was like, "You have an hour," and so he's like walking, and then like twenty minutes later, he realized yeah, the urgency yeah. of the situation. It's like, oh, I should probably run. <laughs> Well, like, that, he's like, you have one happening? hour, and then like he's walking up the stairs, and people's phones are going off. He's like, dude, fuck you! You told me I had a fucking hour to get out of here. It's been like ten minutes, maybe. Well, yeah. If if they were going after him, he would have been dead. That's true. He's in the middle of all of them. Yeah. So, do you got a score? You gonna label a score on it? I'm gonna hit it with uh, I'm gonna hit it with a nine. A nine. A nine. Yeah, I just can't give it a ten so because that's gonna like, be one of your favorite movies then. I mean, all my favorite movies are tens, but okay. this movie, like, dude, what do I want? What did I want? You know what I mean? Like going into John Wick 2, what would have made John Wick 2 better for you? I'll tell you. Look, <laughs> look. Keanu Reeves is acting. <laughs> all, I'm, look, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, the reason why I didn't go higher than eight is because like eight is fantastic action movie, like better than most action movies. It wasn't a nine because the rest besides the action and, and also humor, you know, the rest was kind of just forgettable, you know? But you're like, saying, like, plot line was forgettable? Of course. I don't know. I don't care about the plot in movies like these. But what like, else would you, you could, look for, then? Like, I There there was something to... And, and a lot of the fight scenes, like... I like that they did a lot of grappling. Like, whenever it wasn't gun play, it was a lot of grappling fight scenes like that. I, I, I enjoyed that, but... Mm-hmm. I think I did get a little desensitized to the 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 gunplay towards the end, and and the final scene has them in like a mirror room, and that's kind of as cliche as it gets in an action movie. And so I was really like, the end bored me, whereas like what came before was what really ignited my interest in it. You know. So I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm I'm gonna explore the scale in this one a little bit then, uh, because. Okay, so like I know that in an action movie, your your forefront thought should not be what's the plot gonna be, you know. But I do feel like you gotta get something that gives me interested and like strings me along. In the first John Wick, his dog dies. It's the last fucking thing he has. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs, you know. I feel for him. Yeah, and so you're like, okay, well, cool. This guy's fucking pissed off, and he's gonna go blast some people. Cool, I get it. But then he just like comes in and like some guy has a random thing and he's like, yeah, you got to go kill my sister. It's like, why do you have to kill his sister? And then <laughs> he goes Murder. and kills her, but she kills herself and then he's alleviated. But then he goes, I just thought that the plot did not get me thinking about or enticed in the movie at all. And so I thought that the bad like main villain, I don't know like what his name was. I don't know like 
what his deal was if he was a part of like I don't even know what the marker is. They keep talking about the marker, why you got to do it, who has control of the marker. Um, so <laughs> all these things were like stuff that was really hard for me to like get in the movie. Um, that being said, it was a high it was a high barrier of entry. I yeah, thought yeah. that the uh, I thought that the action was great. All of the purely action scenes, I was like totally riveted. I was like, this is cool. If Keanu's got the beat on this guy, he's dead. And I like watching how this guy, how this is going to go or whatever. I didn't even really notice that all the bosses died by a knife fight. And I thought that that was really cool was that you mentioned that. I didn't really notice. Um, and I thought also like watching kind of what the normal gambit is supposed to be in an assassination where he like goes and gets tailored. He goes and uh, gets like wine and shit. Like I thought that that Process was really was cool. cool. Yeah. You know, that it made me feel like, oh, okay, well, like, even though he's like resistant to get back in the game, like there's a reason to get in the game because this is fucking badass, you know. <laughs> there's perks um, that come with the job. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I guess like my overall conclusion about the movie is that um, I felt like for every positive thing that I took away from it, there was also a thing that was like a negative or something that confused me that like took me out of it. And so I'm going to give it like a six. A six. Six. It like, I like, I would have given John Wick a seven. You know, I mean, I, I don't, or the first John Wick a seven. And I think this one was worse than that. So I, hmm. I, I don't That's know. Fair. I just, I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with a seven, five. Boom. Just, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the action. The acting was horrible. Uh, what ultimately took me out of the experience was the latter half of the film. I felt like the pacing was way off. Like you guys kind of mentioned it earlier, like boom, 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 boom. Okay. Now it's going to be a 20 minute scene of him going through this mirror room in this museum. Like the mirror room was just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Which one's the reflection? Why does anyone own a mirror room? (laughs) (laughs) Why? So yeah, that part kind of took me out of it. Uh, but I mean, it was a, I enjoyed the flick. I, I had a good time. I would probably watch again if I had friends over and we're like, what do you want to do? Let's get John Wick 2 on Redbox. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a good background movie, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> background I just movie. think when you look at the general, like the general expectations for an action movie, I think this one exceeds the average of what action movies are putting out now. Oh, no. But wasn't anything you, spectacular, you know? I will say, I think that... Purely with the action, he earned the money that I paid for the film, which mm-hmm. is more than I'll say for the majority of films. You know what I mean? So yeah. I can you know, barely remember times that weren't action in the film. And I don't think that's because they were so unforgettable, but because like it's just it's it's very littered, packed, <laughs> littered with action scenes. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. We literally hit exactly up from from huge range. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good range. I think we got a good spectrum of everybody here. Cool. So, mm-hmm. Chase, did you like John Wick 1 or John Wick 2 better? John Wick 2. Mm. So you give John Wick 1 like a 7 or like a lower score? I think John Wick 1 did have like, and as much as I don't really care much about the plot, it did have a more confused, like, I mean, William Defoe and that one assassin chick, like, I can't even, what the fuck was that? This one was much more straightforward, which is exactly what I needed. It's like, they definitely doubled down on like the best parts of John Wick. Exactly. It's yeah. like, I don't care about the plot, so don't yeah. give me more of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I can see that. But oh, that's good. But I liked it. Cool, cool. Yeah, man. So, so I guess it's uh, the mail? Is it uh, mail time? 
That'll be up to you to decide, Hunter. It's Okay. We're an hour and 15 minutes deep. That's pretty long. So long I'm time. only going to read a few questions that we have. But know that there's the rest. Many. Know that there's like He's going to ration it, you know? Yeah, just exactly. pick like one or two out of the barrel that we have. I'm <laughs> going to make the show seem much more popular than it is. <laughs> 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 Our first question comes from Eduardo Santana. Oh, Hola, Eduardo. Woo. Who, of course, recommended a beer a couple weeks ago. And he says, I'm glad that you guys gave a gluten-free beer a shot. I'm happy you enjoyed it. And he says, anyways, I've got a question. And if you didn't know, Eduardo is from Brazil. And that kind of paints the theme of where this next question is coming. He says, as Americans, what comes to your mind when you think of Brazil? Being originally from Rio, but having lived abroad for about 10 years now, I always find people's views, opinions, slash whatever of my country to be interesting and somewhat funny. Thanks again for keeping me entertained. P.S. Like a good Brazilian, I actually have five names. Fuck me. So I just made the best combo that I could. (laughs) So what do we think of when we think of Brazil? I think um, three things come to mind. Uh, Soccer, of course. Right. Great soccer team. The Lakers of soccer. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then I also think of City of God, which is like the crazy fucking movie. So yeah. I know there's some pretty harsh slums down there. Right. I think it's pretty wild. Uh, and then I also think of Brazil's like surprisingly solid FGC scene. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Brazil yeah. is surprisingly they, solid, man. They've got some really good players coming out. Like two people from Brazil were in Capcom Cup, which is in Capcom crazy. Cup. Yep. Yeah. Which is pretty insane. Um, and I know that they get like a lot of like cool support from a lot of fighting games. Like I remember there was a like Mortal Kombat X patch where it came out where it gave like two or three of the characters like Brazil soccer jerseys. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of just to kind of show that like, hey man, that's awesome that you guys are super into fighting games, man. Yeah. Uh so they've got some cool they've got some good players out there and that's I mean that's just what I think of exactly. Mostly FGC. That's like the most recent every time I think of Brazil, I'm like, yeah, who'd you guys know? Right. There's some fucking sick Street Fighter players out mm-hmm. there. So so, with me, uh, I think of a few things, right? I've never been there, unfortunately. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for when I will be able to go. But I got to think of the Amazon, right? And sure. I, I, I got um, the rainforest. As far as I understand, there is a worldwide understanding that Brazilian women are incredibly attractive. Uh, so, I've, I've heard that. I mean, if you watch the Brazilian volley- sand volleyball team at the Olympics, <laughs> there's no other conclusion you can draw than the butts there, yeah. top notch. <laughs> um, and I, I really just feel like I, I, I think of a place with like very rich, vibrant culture that's like very, not like bombastic, but like you could, f- you could probably feel it in the air like on most nights, right? Like if I was going to go to the Czech Republic... And I see kind of people just kind of dazed and walking around and it's not like super entire, like, like you don't really feel the culture every day there. But like in Brazil, I feel like I would just see like people playing music in the street and playing soccer and, you know, on the beach. And, you know, I just, 
I don't know. I have sort of a romanticized version of Brazil when I think of it. So, um, but I do acknowledge, yeah, like City of God. There's there's going to be some some slums and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of them. But Rio de Janeiro gets pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard, and and I think uh, that's that that would be maybe not the first place I would go. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I think Brazil is like a, a place that I would definitely love to go. It's going to be like top five places that I want to go visit yeah. for sure. Brazil looks fucking cool. Yeah, I think about when I think about Brazil. First of all. I was actually snooping Eduardo's profile on Twitter. I actually know who this dude is. He, I used to, uh, I wrote like this freelance piece for another website, and I remember looking at their their contributors, and he was one of them. So I've actually seen this guy before. He probably doesn't know who I am, but nice. he's a good writer. Good. Um, when I think about Brazil, I think about Rio. Um, most recently, the obviously the Olympics, but like the big Christ the Redeemer statue. I think of like vineyard. I think I think they have vineyards like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure like my wife has gotten down on some Brazilian wine. Um, and then I just think of like the, the nature, like I feel like they've got like awesome waterfalls, like just super like lush landscapes. So that's kind of what I think about. Yeah. I like, so when I was in, I was in Germany in 2014 um, watching the world cup and watching Germany, like slaughter the Brazilian team. <laughs> that's what you think was, of. Just crazy to me because they're supposed to be so awesome. And we had a, a, a girl on the trip who's from Brazil and she was crestfallen on that night. But it was actually through her that I got the most of my like Brazilian somewhat knowledge of. And she actually talked about the sort of stereotypes of <coughs> excuse me, Brazilian women being very beautiful and like promiscuous and stuff and how that's actually like not the case. Like dating down there is different in America, but also very much the same. Um, when I also think of Rio, I do think of the slums and I think of the the poverty and the crime rate, which is kind of a shame because I don't know if that's like what they're... Who would want to be known for that, right? Right. But that's somehow what gets trickled down and filtered to me. I've also had family members who have lived there for a little while. And what they told me about the beaches is like, you'll have some, some chick who's like you know, 220 pounds, but she's in like a string bikini and like no, and everyone in like a 300 pound old dude who's in a freaking banana hammock yeah. and no one, no one out there gives a shit. It's not this like, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be hot if you want to wear a bathing suit. It's like, no, everyone's just very okay with their self down there. And I, I very much appreciate Self-esteem is high that. in Brazil. That's cool. Yeah, can, That's good. Yeah. Into that. it's, it's up there. I also think a lot about, um, the food scene there and from what I've surmised from various like travel shows and and, so, and whatever, and granted, those are probably going to skew my view away from the actual reality of it. Um, but what I've seen from those is the food there is it's it comes from an honest place and it's delicious. Like I would want to go to Brazil and stay in a place that was near sort of like a working class area where people went to have drinks and dinner after the work day. And that would be what I was super excited about. I do think of the Christ, the Redeemer uh, statue, because that thing is just one of the most impressive, magnificent, just obelisks that show what man can create. Like mm-hmm. the thing is incredible, right? Yep. You know, and yeah. the nature that you guys me- mentioned is also really cool. So, I mean, I hope one day to go to and visit Brazil, maybe Eduardo can 
could join us, but you know, <laughs> yeah. thank you for the question for sure. Get him on the that's show. Awesome. Yeah, dude, that'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, our last question that we're going to answer this episode, of course, has to come from Dunter Horset. Always got to love it. I got a sweet little thing that I'm spending V-Day with. So in the spirit of Valentine's Day, I would like the banter crew to make a six-pack of mood music. Later, Valentine vigilantes. Dunter, it's always the nanobots horset. So Dunter <laughs> wants to know some good love-making music. I want some good sexy tunes. Mm. Okay. I'm I got, the wrong person. I'm the wrong person. Yeah, I was about to say, what do you guys have to say? I got a couple. This? I got a couple well, in my back pocket. Deal. Every every love making music that I've been into is more of like what can I make? <laughs> what, yeah, what can I bone? How can to? I twist this to be a love making yeah. song? <laughs> exactly. Like, dude, the first time I got down and dirty to Tom Sawyer was like oh the my God. biggest. <laughs> I think Tom Sawyer is a very sexy song. I think that's dude. A <laughs> the modern day warrior, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you modern day warrior. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off. Okay, I think that if you're gonna talk about love making music, you would be remiss to not talk about the weekend. Have y'all listened to any of the weekend's music? I don't listen to the weekend, so I don't know. The what guy has the music that you make babies to. Really? Seriously? And he's just incredible. Like all of his shit just is like, damn. Yeah, I can. Damn. This is just like <laughs> I'm gonna fuck somebody to this. It's for like sure. dark but <laughs> groovy. <laughs> fuck somebody to this. Yeah. Um, so my first one would be uh, the morning. I think that's one that that, that he wrote. does. So yeah, the morning by the weekend. I'm gonna put that in there. All right. Mm. I'm gonna throw out. Can you feel the love tonight by Elton John? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna throw Lion out, King. I'm gonna throw out the girl by City and Color. Ooh, City and Color. There dude, we go. You going with the song? Good throw out. Like, well, we need some indie rock loving songs. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, some charming songs. City uh-huh. and Color's that shit, man. Some borderline shy love making, but you open up as it goes. In this right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're boning. So that's cool. So we got three three beers in there so far. Three mm-hmm. in the six pack. I gotta Maybe throw in Thievery Corporation. I was going to say, if, what is that one with about the rocket ship? Remember that one? That one was kind of... Oh, yeah, dude. The Heart's a Lonely Hunter by yeah. Thievery Corporation. That one's fantastic. It's That's literally a song about this dude who's just like... He is he is the apex predator when it comes to boning. And <laughs> <laughs> you got to check that song out, man. <laughs> oh, I feel about that. <laughs> the apex predator. When it comes to boning. <laughs> That's a good title. Maybe. I'm actually not sure how I feel about that title. Uh, oh, if I could four. be afforded one, I mean, I got to throw it back to the 70s. Al Green. Of course, it's a classic. That guy, is, that guy has such a, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go into detail, but the guy is like synonymous with like. But I'd fuck that dude for ha- sure. Yeah, having <laughs> sex. Um <laughs> so I'm gonna do um I guess I guess it's I'll do like uh how can you mend a broken heart or something. That's nice and easy. There we but, go. But but it's nice and you're like, damn, this guy really feeling it. I've got, got some good instrumentation. Good. A very specific one. So Lana Del Rey, she has a song called Video Games, right? 
Is it? <laughs> oh, of course. Lana Del Rey, her, her song Video Games. Not that actual song. There's a cover by a guy named Ben Howard, who's like my favorite sing- song or songwriter of all time. He does the cover of that song. Oh my gosh. Like instant hard on. Like you gotta you gotta add that. <laughs> Every one. time. What type of song is it? I don't know. It's like it's like plucking acoustic and he's like, it's you, it's you, it's all for you. Everything I do. Is it like, hey there, delight? Chubbing up a bit right now. That's great. The song sounds right. So we got one more, right? That's yeah, five. round us out, Max. I think it's all six though, right? No, I think it's five. Hmm. Round us out here. So um He's got three, I got two. I think y'all did one, right? Yeah. So that's six. Oh, that is six. <laughs> right? I mean I'll throw one in there. Give him one sure. more. Yeah, I want, I want you to throw one. This is in a there, seven right? pack. All right, all right, all right. So let's think about this here. Hmm. Um, Guile's theme from yeah. Super <laughs> <laughs> Like what's the sexiest song that I know? Because you could have songs that pertain to different types of lovemaking, you know, like uh, like your intense ones and your. I was trying to think of some like, like sort of like thrash lovemaking. I mean, <laughs> give her, give her <laughs> like a thrash rock, like an uh, '80s metal. I'm trying to think of like an '80s. Give her, metal give her that Tenacious D song I know you're thinking about, bro. This is a classic fucker gently song. Yeah, <laughs> or like cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> cherry pie <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> I would do something to Motley uh, Crue, something like that. Yeah. No. Well, that's a pretty good sec. Thank you for the question, Dunter. Mm-hmm. That's all of the uh, the the questions we're going to dive into. If you haven't got yours answered yet, we're coming to you very much. There's also a beer request that we're looking to address next episode. So right. be looking out for that if you've uh, sent one in recently. Also, Bree Adams, the witty banter questioner, question extraordinaire. We're going to get to your questions as well soon. But uh, that's all for the mail corner this week. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. Good right, questions. So, um, some great questions. Some great company. Some great news. Here, but here. What is this beer about, though? You know, I almost forgot about the beer. Review. I kind of did too. I, I thought we were just gonna say, "Hey, we're getting we're out of here." Heading on out, but um, it doesn't look like it. I'm gonna keep it simple. Okay, I drank it all. It was good, but this is not like I didn't, this is a good drink more than it is a good beer. And by the end of this, I wasn't necessarily in love with it. Right. Right. Which is exactly what I thought was going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's sweet from the start. And then it just kind of be, and then you're like, oh, that's really sweet the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I mean, there's a lot of coconut, man. There's a delicious amount of coconut. I love coconut, so I'm biased. But I like all the coconut that's in there. Um, it's nice and drinkable for being such a rich beverage. Uh, but there's no way I would drink another one of these right now. Like I would be yeah. not necessarily that it was like super thick or anything. I'm going to give this guy a, a 6.5. Damn. I guess low. I'm going to, I'm I actually good. Cause it's like, I'm don't want to just keep throwing. It's not out high. I don't want to throw out, sure. like, but it's like better than a five, which is right in the middle. I'm going to piggyback off you. That was the exact number I was thinking of. There we go. Fuck you, Chase. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, right well, that's, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck me hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit more. Style. Yeah. I'm feeling a bit more positive on it. Um, I think I really like the roastiness that it has. Like I, I love the coconut. I love coconut flavor in general. Um, mouth feels good. I, I w- I'm like you, I wouldn't get another one tonight, but I could see, you know, two months Maybe down the line weeks. yeah, at trivia night doing my thing 
Yeah, I'll go for a death by coconut. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I'll give it a uh, probably a seven. It's a good beer, you know. Okay. It's not great. Damn. It's good. I gotta, I gotta stay true with the number that I had in my head before we started. I, Do I it. Throw. Yeah. I gotta throw out the seven point five. Okay. Okay. Explain yourself. Here's the deal. <laughs> it nails the coconut aspect. One hundred percent. Buy a, and when you buy a beer called Death by Coconut. You're expecting one thing and one thing only. That's the coconut. <laughs> yes. Now, the coconut. there's plenty of coconut on the coconut spectrum to really explore. This one took the Almond Joy approach, the cheaper <laughs> approach. It's a little synthetic. I didn't know there it's was a, a whole synthetic. scale of coconut. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you know, once you're a coconut connoisseur like myself, <laughs> yeah, you'll know. If you're drinking as much uh, coconut slushies from oh, Sonic as me. Uh. <laughs> the thing is, though, is... There is there is roastiness, there is chocolatiness, there's even some vanilla in there, kind of you know, which Alex was hinting at. But the sweetness and the aftertaste really turned me off of this beer. It is drinkable though. It's a six point five percent. It goes down easy. Mm-hmm. It's 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 middling on the chugometer. And so with all of those things kind of in tension with each other, I have to give it kind of this like a seven point it's it's a good beer right it's like it's if i'm at a bar and someone says oh have you had that one before i would say like yeah you, you do you like coconut yes <laughs> okay you yeah should try it. <laughs> what a yeah. that's the first yeah, thing i would um, say is uh, like i just imagine somebody being like oh like i kind of like coconut it's like no really do you really like coconut you know like you have to preface that if you're going to recommend that beer if they say fuck yeah i like coconut then like then this is the beer for you it's a good scenario to say like if i was at a bar i wouldn't order it but I'd be like, hey, if you had that beer, you should try it. It's kind of silly. But <laughs> it's kind of silly. a lot of coconut. That's pretty good. Well, Alex, thank you so much for Seriously. being on the show. That Thanks was super cool me. of you. That was, was real tight. Uh, let's say if I wanted to like keep in contact with you. Okay, how would I do that via maybe like Twitter or some other sort of form? Sure, uh, yeah. Social media or anything that you do. <laughs> um, you can find me uh, on the streets. You can find me on Twitter, yeah. Instagram, <laughs> uh, at It's Van Aken. That's I-T-S-V-A-N-A-K-E-N. You can find my work at pixelpulseradio.com. That's kind of that's kind of it, you know? Oh, and yeah. by the way, congratulations on being featured on like every <laughs> Nintendo press conference roundup Twitter article. You got like what? Almost 450 retweets on that tweet you threw out that night. That was incredible. Man. Yeah, I'm not counting, but I think it's at 708 likes right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, in my awesome, defense, man. I pinned it. So I see it. So I know that you I know, see it every yeah. day. I'm not obsessed. <laughs> that was awesome. It. But it's yeah. a I, honestly, dude, I retweeted that at like number eight. And then seeing it blow up to like 400 and something, I was like, yes. It was, it, that so was a good. fun night. You know, I was like, oh, hashtags work. Yeah. <laughs> That's Finally. Thing. Yeah. But yeah, Twitter, oh, Instagram yeah. at it's Van Aken, pixelpulseradio.com. That's about cool. it. Well, you won't see that many likes on our page, but if you want to follow me, <laughs> you can go to at probably Max, or if you want to follow Chase, of course, you can follow him at Bodacious Chase. If you want to follow the show, you can follow us at Witty Banter Show, or go to WittyBanterShow.com. There you can recommend maybe a beer, question, you can see our Get whole catalog it. of every show we've ever done. Yeah, 93 now. Yeah. That's 93, man. Seven Dang. episodes away from the big 100. Yes, sir. We got Congrats. To for it. 
Yeah, Rick's, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. It's a big old number there. <laughs> it's a big old number. It's seeping in right now. We've done we well over that, just not numbered episodes. Wow. Yeah, I guess but that's who's true. counting? <laughs> Chase has got to ruin it, so it's really not that big of a deal, apparently. So never mind <laughs> who's counting. Uh, <laughs> but thanks again, Alex, for being on the show. Um, let's head on out of here, man. A beat up bib. Okay, the bet up a bib. Dead it up, all, baby. Boop, 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 boop.